This is my fucking dream, y'all. All this shit. Look at my shit. I got, I got shorts, every fucking color. I got designer t-shirts. I got gold bullets, motherfucking vampires. I got Scarface on repeat. Best movie. Scarface on repeat. Constant, y'all. I got Escape, Calvin Klein Escape. Mix that shit up with Calvin Klein B. Smell nice. I smell nice. Ain't a fucking bed, that's a fucking art piece. My fucking spaceship, USS Enterprise on this shit. I go to different planets on this motherfucker. Me and my fucking Franklin's here, we take off. Fucking take off. Take it off. Look at my shit. Look at my shit. I got my blue Kool-Aid. Oh, you got your Kool-Aid. I got my fucking nunchucks. I got shurikens. I got different flavors. I got them. I got them size. Look at that shit. I got size. I got blades. Look at my shit. This ain't nothing. I got I got rooms of this shit. I got my dark tanning oil. God, if your life had a face, I would punch it. Yeah. Wait, what? Let me ask you something. Why would always you make the point of saying someone's not a genius? You think I'm especially not a genius? Veronica, why are you pulling my dick? Suck my fat one, you cheap dime store hood. Hello everyone and welcome to another installment of the greatest moments in the history of forever. I'm Zach. I'm Matt. And this is episode 15, Spring Breakers. So, pretty cool movie. Yeah, so why'd we pick this one? Well, as we talked about in... I don't even remember what episode (laughs) it was. Episode 2, Under the Skin? Was that what that was? (laughs) Yes. Uh, Spring Breakers kind of represents, you know, both sides of the coin when it comes to... <laughs> Closer to one side, probably, than the other. <laughs> no, I... Uh, okay. Not the side you're thinking. <laughs> <laughs> both sides of the coin when it comes to, you know, the what we're trying to do here with this podcast. Uh, a little bit of the intellectual and a little bit of the sexy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I don't really know how how else to put that in okay. a concise way. Um, so, what? This movie came out a couple years ago. 2012? Ish. Ish. Yeah. And... Directed by Harmony Corinne. Right. Lifetime achievement and creep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And um, it got like a lot of... Uh, pre-release fanfare you know a lot of media coverage a lot of pictures online stuff like that people kind of curious about it um you know mostly due to the fact that it was starring a lot of uh young like disney stars grown up that kind of thing kind of which uh We've talked about yeah <laughs> on the pod before. I don't even remember what episode. The Havoc episode. Right. 
So a lot of like, you know, themes now we're developing as yeah. we get further into these episodes. <laughs> uh, by the way, you know, subscribe to the pod. <laughs> Go to uh, mm, greatestmoments.podbean.com. Yeah. And click the RSS subscribe thing at the bottom of the page with your phone. And then if you have the podcast podcast app, app. it'll just start downloading in there. And you'll have every episode. You won't have to worry about going back to that stupid site. Yeah, it'll be great. Not that we're trashing Podbean. No. (laughs) (laughs) They're great. Yeah. Um, But yeah. Anyway, so Spring Breakers is fun. Where do we even start? I mean, it's such a crazy hallucinogenic trip yeah. of madness. A lot of just and like mayhem. kind of repeating lines for reasons that are unknown. <laughs> I mean, they'll say something and then there's like a voiceover of it. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely like a hazy dreamlike quality yeah. to the whole thing. Um, kind of disarms like the viewer. Things happening like out of order at times, but only briefly. Flash forwards, yeah. flashbacks, out of context, voiceovers, Britney Spears songs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and we'll definitely get to the Britney Spears oh, stuff. Yeah. Um, so <clears throat> for this particular episode, I decided to pull some quotes that could maybe help us all right (laughs) we've got quotes now yeah i pulled some quotes uh because this is a this is definitely like a um oft discussed written about film or at least it was when it came out a lot of people with a lot of opinions um i think a lot of people didn't really understand the movie um one of them sitting right here. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely, when I saw it in the theater, there were definitely uh, a couple of walkouts. Oh, yeah. I'm not surprised by that. Uh, couples. Yeah. The Older. girls <laughs> leading the charge, I would say, yeah. in those scenarios. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like an abrasive opening with a lot of uh, kind of just topless chicks with booze <laughs> being poured on them on a beach. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the... Uh, stereotypical spring break debauchery uh, montages to open things up kind of set the scene a little bit um okay so i guess this first quote from uh richard brody of the new yorker yeah in regard to the casting of the film which we should note is uh vanessa hudgens uh, Selena Gomez and Ashley Benson, they play three of the four girls right. who are like the main characters of the film. So the fourth much. one would have to be like a, you know, a big young star like them, right? <laughs> or the, you know, direct, uh, the director's wife. Oh. <laughs> um, Brody says, Corinne enfolds his actors in a quasi-documentary context and films them with the uninflected signifiers of authenticity, authentic views of a self-conscious artifice, 
The movie runs on its external context, the very idea of Disney girls gone wild, of stars of young people's television going on a cinematic spring break, is the metafiction from which the drama of Spring Breakers draws its energy. The public identity of the three actresses is as central to the movie as the celebrity of Marilyn Monroe to Andy Warhol's paintings of her. Thoughts. (laughs) (laughs) That's a pretty big quote. Yeah, and they're not getting any shorter. No. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean, I think... uh, I can't really pinpoint like a time exactly when this kind of started, but the idea of meta working its way into pop culture. Yeah. And I do think the casting of these girls in particular was intentional. Right. Yeah. Uh, If they were unknown actresses or lesser known or known for not being child stars per se i don't think you know it would have the impact um you know they're no it's definitely it makes it way more of a draw they're and it's it it makes it a draw and it also it makes what they do in the film more jarring yeah which includes you know armed robbery (laughs) (laughs) doing drugs having threesomes in the pool yeah killing people (laughs) you know just all kinds of crazy shit yeah and i mean vanessa hudgens and ashley benson's characters in particular are they like freak me out (laughs) i mean yeah i mean imagine they're like complete sociopaths that seemingly have like no emotion or (laughs) yeah i mean let's let's lay it out they along with uh Rachel Corinne, who is Harmony Corinne's wife, yeah. they the three of them are the ones that go and rob the chicken shack. Which, first of all, first issue, like, I don't know if okay, so they need money. It's like if Ashley Benson and Vanessa Hutchins just like showed up at anywhere I was at, and they were just like, "We need money," I would just like <laughs> hand them my debit card and be like, "Have fun." <laughs> just write them like a blank check. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so the, the girls, including Selena Gomez, they all go to the same college. They're all wanting to go on spring break, but they don't have enough money. So the, those three that I mentioned already, they go and rob the chicken shack and, you know, wear ski masks and use hammers and guns, fake guns, squirt guns, as they point out. Yeah, chicken shack known for its vast amount of money it keeps on. Well, they pull the Pulp Fiction move, yeah. you know, where they rob all the customers True. and yeah. the registers. Um, <laughs> running around smashing things with hammers. And then later in the film, you know, those two, Ashley Benson and Vanessa Hutchins, are the ones that go real hardcore once they get entangled with the James Franco character. Yeah. and Their motivation for any of it is really just like... Just to do it. Yeah. Which is, I guess, the scariest part. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, and I mean, not to immediately jump into another quote, but I kind of have one here that kind of addresses that. I don't know if I can work this in, you know, (laughs) without it being as awkward as it is right now. Well, Uh, Brody goes on to say the spring break setting is only a backdrop for a crime drama of shooting sprees and body counts. Yet in a way, that's the point. Spring Breakers isn't about spring break, but about the (laughs) reductive... (laughs) 
<laughs> the reduction show ad absurdum of spring break, a sort of week-long murder camp at the end of which, having muffed out a sufficient number of lives and, if not snuffed out oneself, a student returns to college refreshed, re-energized, and re-educated, or rather, and here's Corinne's satirical point, finally educated in real competition and rendered all the readier for a career in business. Ultimately, the movie is a manual of competitive ruthlessness that offers the repeated banal definition of the drug dealer's life as the, quote, American dream. It's an interesting take. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I think a lot of people would... A lot of people are going to see this movie and think that it's either A, too absurd, or B, you know, some sort of generic commentary on Spring Break. And, um, I think, you know, like, commenting on the hollowness of Spring Break, you know, is not the point of this no. movie. No. I think that is so beneath what this movie is trying to do that I think people who think that they're smart would try to interpret it as such and walk away confused by what actually un- in- unfolds in front of them. That is like such... That's like a given that like you're not being insulted with that kind of hack point something that we already know. Yeah. In other words, you're not going into this movie and learning something you already know. That is like a given at the start of the movie. That's what that montage is for at the very beginning of the movie. They're right. getting that out of the way in 2 seconds. Yeah. With like the big fake boobs with, you know, the dudes pouring beer on it and everyone acting like, you know, animals on the beach. Plus, I mean, their actual sp- spring break portion of the film that's like showing their spring break experience is pretty I mean it's like what 20 minutes of the movie yeah um it's it's much more about this um there's a lot of different things you could get we could get into and I don't really want to like bog this down with too much uh you know too much of this kind of material when we could you know talk about Vanessa Hutchins and Selena Gomez in bikinis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, like, you know, there's the whole idea of, like, uh, there's a lot of um, racial implications in the movie. Uh, there's a lot of um, class implications in the movie. I mean, there's just, like, all kinds of different things you can kind of... This is, like, the Havoc episode all over again. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I don't think that the movie's... Uh, I think Spring Breakers is actually much better put together, more artistic, yeah, um, smarter in a lot of ways. But I don't think I, I don't think it would be wrong to say that some of what Spring Breakers is setting out to accomplish is what Havoc also set out to accomplish, but it's done uh, in a much different way. And I think. Um, using spring break and you know the um the life of a drug dealer is kind of like something that 
you know, Harmony Corinne obviously wanted to comment on. Yeah. And then I guess, you know, with a lot of films like this, I mean, you can read a million different people write about it and have their different opinions, but I think, you know, you're supposed to come out of it, you know, with your own ideas. And a lot of people, you know, don't really want that. (laughs) (laughs) So, the girls, you know leave their college and get down to spring break with the stolen money and everything seems to be going great <laughs> some yeah i mean great in some people's minds i mean <laughs> they're like so over the top well, well sp- especially selena gomez's character which is funny because she's portrayed as like the religious goody two-shoes one faith yeah her name's faith uh we see her in a uh youth like church kind of thing with uh jeff jarrett (laughs) as as the pastor or whatever it's kind of i guess it's like kind of like a youth group i'm not really sure and uh yet when they first get down to florida she seems to take to it even more than her rowdier compatriots in a way yeah, at least like she verbalizes it, and we see that. <laughs> yeah, she can't stop talking about it on the phone They're with like, her grandma in the pool. Yeah, she's just going on and on about how great it is there. But her like whole, I mean, her whole outlook on it is just completely different from uh, Vanessa Hutchins and Ashley Benson and the other one. Oh yeah, she's much more like naive. Yeah, her idea is just like we're out of town. Like there's other stuff in the world. Like I'm just happy to be with my friends and this is a dream like ashley benson and vanessa Hutchins are just like let's get some dick <laughs> or like whatever you well know? yeah but it's more like no I, w- I would say it's even more than that yeah, it's I know. more like I know. I, yeah we're ruthless yeah psychopaths yeah. just <laughs> waiting to do something else insane yeah um they're like looking for danger yeah more than anything right. else yeah um <laughs> I mean, you have to, like, go back to how they, you know, managed to get there. And I was thinking about this, like, and it's they like, they kind of include faith kind of in a, it's kind of a, it's weird because you, you don't really associate those characters with doing something nice, but, like, they're the ones that, like, put, took on all the risk of robbing the chicken shack. Yeah. And they just bring her along for the ride. It's not like she was really contributing very much to their fund you know just good friends yeah i mean they wanted to corrupt her i guess i don't know (laughs) so eventually you know things go awry at a particularly wild party at like a hotel room or something and some creepy twins yeah uh who will later find out are a part of james franco's uh posse yeah alien as he's called (laughs) um you know, there's drugs and partying and All sorts destruction of, cool of property. Yeah. <laughs> They're like basically destroying this hotel or wherever <laughs> yeah. they are. I don't Just even like know. Ripping the ceiling like the apart. So eventually, the cops come, and for whatever reason, it didn't seem like a lot of people were arrested. It seemed like no, they were selective of the Just people that <laughs> those four that, and like everyone yeah. associated with. James Franco. Yeah, they grab. They're like, okay, you four in the bikinis and you two weirdo twins, and you know we get like the really sexy everyone else out. 
handcuff bikini combo <laughs> going. <laughs> um, you know, which none of this is unintentional. I mean, no, it. You know, people. It, it's like you know, titillating to see Selena Gomez in a bikini with her hands cuffed behind her back. I mean, like yeah, right. that's not an accident. It's not like, oh, no. we're accidentally doing that in this movie. That's like an unintentional byproduct of <laughs> the story. It's like, no, I mean, they're framing those shots on purpose. And like they, you know, they even have like kind of this uh semi-ridiculous male fantasy driven uh, you know, portrayal of them like in a holding cell all four of them remaining in their bikinis the just entire lounging time. around in the holding cell yeah all in the same cell in their bikinis <laughs> like no other like unpretty uh prisoners or whatever <laughs> i guess they're not really prisoners but you know not, not nobody no like unattractive women allowed in their cell or anything like that to ruin <laughs> <Yeah>. it <laughs> And they even yeah, have they get to, their own. They even have to make like a court appearance, still wearing their bikinis. <laughs> the most practical judicial system. Yeah, and then of course they don't know. have the money for the fine. Yeah, and so. uh, the heroic rapper alien bails them out, or whatever, pays their stupid fines. Yeah, and I mean that's really like the act two. Yeah, of the film, like we've gotten through just the partying bullshit like the generic spring break stuff and now we're into the crazy part of the movie that probably a lot of people didn't the expect. gucci main part of the movie <laughs> <laughs> um so like the character of alien i mean legend pretty cool dude so, you know, James Franco claimed to not be imitating uh, Riff Raff, but he clearly was. Yeah. Um, and he's just like this... Doesn't seem like a great rapper based on the no. speech performance we see. No, I mean, he's more of a drug dealer who dabbles in the rap <laughs> yeah. game. Um, and he's kind of like this bizarro... I hate to just, you know, take the phrase from that quote that i just read but he's like the bizarro american dream i mean we get scenes of him describing all of the things that he owns <laughs> which is <laughs> hilarious yeah. um and you know gratuitous shots of like guns and money yeah. and weapons and stuff like that just like all over his just house like his oceanside estate yeah i mean he has like a white piano between <laughs> a pool and the ocean <laughs> Um, and to, you know, to these characters, these girls that we've been introduced to, we, we know from the beginning of the film that despite their good looks, they don't have a ton of money. They're just typical poor college kids. And we know at least two or three of them have like a pretty rampant wild side and, you know, (laughs) they can't. I think they can't help but be like drawn into this uh world that Alien is, you know, presenting them with. Like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. Faith is like a little bit reluctant and I feel like we act like the fourth chick just doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, I don't. I mean, we could just like bash her. I mean, no, yeah, she just doesn't fit. Like the, I think her biggest, her biggest. It's not that she's not attractive because no. she is, but like she's not famous, right? I don't even know if she's been in another movie besides this. I think she's been in something else that Harmony Curran directed, right? So I mean, she's not. She doesn't like stand out. I mean, we know the other three from various things even if it's just being celebrities i mean you know whatever but like you know whatever so (laughs) so like you know over at this point you're wondering like how long is spring break going on (laughs) like it does seem like days seem to be passing um and like I guess by the end of it, you're supposed to feel like it really only has been like the the week of spring break. Like somehow all that shit happens. No, no, no. By the time the shooting spree happens, I think they're well beyond. Okay, because I think even in the phone calls, they kind of reference like finally deciding to come back. And oh, okay. Get, you know all that stuff. Um, after they're bailed out and alien starts to show them his world like a little bit or shows them you know whatever he takes them to some places and they're kind of sketchy and whatnot it doesn't take very long for faith to want to get out of there it's almost immediate yeah and if there's i think that's one of my you know biggest uh complaints with the movie is selena gomez leaves at that point and doesn't come back And you're kind of just like, I don't know, like, I think some of that other stuff that happens later would be more interesting with her character there. Like, yeah, because, you know, eventually it whittles down just to Ashley Benson and Vanessa Hutchins. And we know that they're just straight up willing to do whatever. (laughs) And so it's not at that point, it doesn't seem as shocking, like when they, you know, go to kill Gucci Mane and all of his thugs and whatnot. <laughs> like, I think having her still be a part of that would kind of change the dynamic a little bit. And, you know, the viewer could kind of relate more to her character if she was still kind of. Yeah, I mean, I relate most to her character the way it stands, which is like getting <laughs> Get right out of there. Yeah. yeah, I know. But, and it may be the way that they do it is more realistic. Like if she's really how she's portrayed, then she would get out of there and just leave. But like, yeah, in a movie that's mostly realistic. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I want to talk about that too. Like this movie, nothing happens that's supernatural per se, but like, it's obviously like this, uh, surreal. I would call it like a, an extreme surreal reality, something like that. And in a way, like I, I, I can't help but like compare it a little bit to Harmony Korine's uh, film *Kids*. Uh, yeah. Which again is based in reality, like, yet it's it like a worst-case yeah, scenario. It's like these are the worst things that could happen with the worst people, you know, being involved. And this theoretically 
has happened or could happen theoretically like nothing in it is you know yeah but it doesn't feel like it doesn't play as like it feels like you know these conversations are happening or yeah i mean i guess like um Okay, Mark Olson from the Portland Press-Herald says, the fractured storytelling of the movie, what Corinne calls its, quote, liquid narrative, along with imagery and dialogue ready-made for the culture of Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, make it a film engaged with the uncertainty, complications, and communication of right now. So, yeah. I mean, both the filmmaker and people commenting on the film... You know, yeah, I mean, kind of have different interpretations of what that reality is. Like the different, like at one point early in the film, there's different characters repeating verbatim, like several lines describing what they need to do, and it's like two different people saying it at two different times. But yeah. one is like a voiceover, and it's just like it's very like disorienting. Yeah, and I think like that. I don't like the whole voiceover thing. Uh, uh, the biggest takeaway for a lot of people from this movie was seemingly just James Franco kind of like breathe talking spring break <laughs> like like repeatedly. Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, just like that that seemed to be like the one thing that you know, when you hear people reference this movie it's usually them just being like spring break you know. Yeah, and I mean, that's like a mantra that, like, I think that all plays into, like, the extreme surreal reality (laughs) that I'm coining the phrase of. Like, it's kind of like positioning spring break, quote-unquote, as, like, this alternate kind of universe where all of the rules of the real universe still apply. Like, if you get shot, you die or bleed, but, like... It's great that they get, like, arrested at this hotel party, yet when they're involved in, like, gang shootings and drug (laughs) deals, like, no police to be found, no investigation. Yeah, the police kind of fade out of the narrative, like, the further deep they go into this. Um, So, like, uh, what can we say about Gucci Mane and his performance? (laughs) He has some pretty cool, like, sexual fetishes. <laughs> Large women. <laughs> I definitely like the part where he's just, <laughs> he's just like sitting in like what appears to be like the foyer of a giant mansion, and he's holding an infant child, yeah. and there's tons of people around him, and he's just like they're taking food out of my baby's mouth. My baby's got to eat. My baby's hungry. And it's just like he's living in like a $20 million mansion with like yeah. an obscene like Fer- orange Ferrari. <laughs> like, my baby's hungry. Yeah. Yeah. And it he's seems like those how corners. much, yeah, like how much like action could like James Franco's and pathetic little crew yeah. really be like infringing on? It's yeah. just like they robbed like. They show them like robbing some like random white people. It's like right. I mean I don't know how, like what are they getting like a couple hundred bucks out of that? It's like <laughs> like the absurdity 
of like their turf war between yeah. like Gucci Mane and James Franco is just and their whole backstory is like completely bizarre that they like grew up as like best friends. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, James Franco I, taught him how to swim. Yeah, <laughs> and Gucci Mane taught him everything he knew about the business. <laughs> yeah, and it's weird because it's like, um, James Franco's house seems kind of shitty in comparison to Gucci Mane. So it's like we're supposed to understand that Gucci Mane is like the big deal, right? It has like a big crew, you know, which somehow Vanessa Hutchins and Ashley Benson shoot their way through <laughs> with no problems yeah, whatsoever. <laughs> but like, you know, he's like a huge crew and like he's got way more money and he's like the big deal. And it's like, like owns clubs. And yet James Franco with like basically just these four random, you know, white girls that come down. Not even four. I mean, three. Yeah. That come down for spring break. These three bikini clad spring breakers. <laughs> And, you know, his gang of misfit toys, like the twins and like that weird guy with dreads who never really shows up again. Yeah. He is like courting this, like, you know, entanglement with Gucci Mane. Like he's like provoking it almost. Yeah, yeah. It's like, what is he thinking? He really seems to appreciate the severity of the situation either. It's like he just like shows up at his club. Gucci Mane's like, look, you got to cut this shit out. And James Franco's just like, whatever, dude, I got a gun. And it's like, Gucci Mane's like, well, I have like a fucking whole crew of people who are going to light you up. Like, <laughs> And so eventually, you know, um, uh, Harmony Corinne's wife, uh, whose character I think is Cotty, which I don't really understand how it's a name, but <laughs> she gets shot in the arm yeah. and she has to leave. So now we're down to just the the two hardcores. The two vicious psychopaths. <laughs> yeah, who, I mean, I guess James Franco, you know, his real talent was being able to read people because he yeah. knew he knew that he could cut through Gucci Mane's whole crew with these two bitches. <laughs> like, they're not messing around. Yeah. <laughs> Little did he know he would be taken out immediately during the raid. <laughs> um. Yeah, so one of our favorite scenes is at that white piano between the pool and the ocean. Yeah. James Franco, or I think at that point it's the three girls. I think Rachel Corinne's still there. uh, (laughs) All wearing sweatpants that say DTF on the ass. Yeah, and like they have those um, ski masks and like uh, machine guns or something. (laughs) And they ask him to play something sweet. And he uh, starts to play uh, Every Time by Miss Britney Spears. And it's a, it's one of the great cinematic <laughs> moments yeah. of all it's time, so really. Um, yeah, the four of them singing at the piano, and then it kind of fades into the actual like Britney Spears version. Um, and then, you know, earlier in the film, when Selena Gomez was still around, uh, the four girls were in like a convenience store parking lot down in florida and they were just singing baby one more time i mean spring breakers is really like a love letter to britney spears (laughs) as is this podcast (laughs) yeah queen (laughs) of all time (laughs) um yeah so what else stands out well i do want to say this on the list of like and it's a long list of fictional 
chick characters that I am just like not man enough for. <laughs> Vanessa Hutchins and Ashley Benson's characters in this movie right at the top. <laughs> yeah, I mean, could you imagine like trying to date these girls? No. <laughs> <laughs> They're like so insane. They don't like, care about anything. Even before they head down to florida like even when they're like in college i mean like there's like vanessa hutchins and ashley benson are sitting together in a class and like she draws like a, a cock <laughs> <laughs> and just starts like pretending to blow it yeah. <laughs> i mean they're just like so i just can't even imagine like aggressive trying to hang out with them it's, it, do you want to go to the movies <laughs> no <laughs> you douche <laughs> <laughs> they shoot you yeah <laughs> Like, yeah, the scene of them, like, the four of them riding on that, like, uh, bus down to spring break with, like, a whole bunch of other kids, like, headed to spring break is, right. like, very, like, intense. Yeah. <laughs> I can imagine just being, like, oh, you know, like, I'm headed down to uh, Tampa, I think is where they're supposed to be. I yeah. And I'm going to, like, you know, oh, I got to, like, visit my grandma and... I'm, I was thinking about catching like a Tampa Bay Lightning game, and yeah. I'm just <laughs> quietly riding yeah, the bus yeah. by myself, and all these kids get on, and they're just like grinding up on each other. <laughs> I'm like, ta- I'm like uh, at one of these like ho- hotel parties, and I just like try to talk to like Ashley Benson's character. I'm like, so uh, do you want to see like a magic trick? <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, you're like uh, explaining like the origin of the name Pac Man. <laughs> um. Yeah, but, like, what do you think those bikinis smelled like by, like, day three? (laughs) They never take those bikinis off, like, the entire time they're down there. It's like, good lord. Yeah, not a banner for cleanliness. Yeah, I mean, there's a shot early in the film of the four of them in their bikinis just squatting on the side of the road, (laughs) peeing through their bikinis. Yeah. It's a pretty not erotic, hygienic. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was going a different way with that scene, but okay, yeah. Um. So, yeah, I mean, the film ends with uh, the two badass chicks standing tall. Yeah, just in like a completely insane closing. Not clear where minutes. they got their training on, you know, automatic weapons and their fucking. Just great well, accuracy. There, to be fair, I think there was a scene of all of them shooting the guns into the ocean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which I guess counts as target practice. Yeah. And, um, you know, then at that point, uh, Selena Gomez has returned home safe and sound. Uh, yeah, Rachel I mean, Corinne injured, but going to pull through. <laughs> Alien, dead. <laughs> Shot dead immediately. <laughs> On the pier, yeah, like an great. idiot. Yeah. <laughs> it's like they, it's like, and then it's like I guess I mean it's probably kind of like part of the point, but it's just like then they're just fighting this war for no reason. Well, because the, those dudes shot. That's true. Their yeah. friend yeah. in the arm and <laughs> just killed Alien, their other friend. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I guess like Alien is kind of a legendary figure though because when he bails out those chicks it's like he's not like going for one of them i mean he's going for all four from the get-go yeah and yeah okay so selena gomez kind of wants to leave and he 
it's weird how the movie almost portrays like alien as like a good person because he lets her leave (laughs) you're like oh well he's like a good guy he didn't like force her to stay against her will Well, and it is like this idea it's like he's bailing him out and he's like i want these chicks to be like whatever my posse and you know obviously he's gonna try to get whatever he can out of it but almost immediately it kind of feels like he's the slave to fucking (laughs) the at least those two I yeah, mean, I mean, like, there's definitely a, a crazy scene, which I, I was reading was kind of, like, improvised almost a little bit. Like, not the part of the two of them sticking the gun him in his simulating mouth. simulating yeah, sex he, with a gun? <laughs> yeah, like, alien kind of blowing the machine guns <laughs> and, like, the chicks, like, kind of liking it or whatever. And, like, it kind of, it, it's kind of a weird moment in the film. Like, the first time you see it, you're, like, you're really not sure at that point what's going on because <laughs> yeah. you're, like... Well, these girls are kind of insane. Yeah, they like, might they, kill them. They, they did just rob like this chicken shack with no remorse whatsoever, and then burn the car they used, yeah. which they stole from a teacher. Yeah, I and mean, I mean, I do think like after like Alien is a little bit afraid of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, he. Well, I think in a way, like up until that moment, he thought like these are like naive. Yeah, like girls who don't really know what they're doing they're in over their head like i'm this gangster kind of figure yeah little did he know he let the only one that was like that go yeah and he was left with the psychopaths <laughs> and um you know eventually they you know he does get to have sex with two of them <laughs> the two crazy ones yeah. in like a pool scene which is pretty great <laughs> um but like up until that scene it's like unclear <laughs> Our favorite word on this podcast is unclear. Oh, yeah, God. It's, well, it's not really I've shown. I've had to refrain from comparing this movie to The Wire a couple times already. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> it's, it, you're not sure, like, if, you know, they've given themselves to him, like, fully up until that scene. And at that point, they've been with him for what seems like at least a week yeah. of living at his house, like, engaging in all of these insane things, robbing people doing drugs like going to random you know black strip clubs whatever (laughs) engaging with like the biggest gangster in in the city like it's you want to think to yourself well it's like it's got to be like implied that they're having sex with them at that point but like you don't actually ever see that or know about it until the uh, right before they go on their last mission you know where alien ends up getting killed in which their last mission is riding a boat directly up to Gucci Mane's dock. <laughs> <laughs> and getting out and yeah. running up the dock like they're going to just kill everyone. Which, you Ginger know, snaps. I'm going to go now. <laughs> two of them, you know, do actually kill everyone. Yeah. Um, so and then, pretty good plan. And then, in, you know, in a way to stay, you know, inconspicuous and under the radar, they take Gucci Mane's, you know, like $100,000 orange Ferrari <laughs> and start driving that around. Back to school. <laughs> they'll never catch us yeah <laughs> they'll never figure out who hopefully did the rest of the world is like florida where there's no police <laughs> yeah i mean um it's kind of at this stage i think it's kind of unknown you know what direction that this spring breakers sequel is going in <laughs> oh yeah i actually don't think it's well i know that you know um james franco and harmony corinne like weren't happy about it no but I'm 99.9% sure that none of the people from the first movie are in it. And I don't think it would have any relation. Maybe those twins. (laughs) 
Yeah, no. Um, yeah, so, yeah, there is, like, a sequel, supposedly, which, it I mean... It probably won't even happen. Yeah. Or, like, some straight-to-DVD. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah, 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 definitely. A straight-to-VOD type yes. scenario. <laughs> um, totally unnecessary and uncool. Yeah. Um, do we have anything left with Spring Breakers? No, I think that's good. <laughs> <laughs> I think we did a pretty good job. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's a wild ride. Yeah. So, one of our shorter apps, but... <laughs> Is it? I think uh, it's a pretty reasonable length. Okay. All right. Um, let's wrap it up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, we'll see you next time on the greatest moments in the history of forever. Keep checking back. Subscribe. Tell your friends. Get the word out. We're building slow. <laughs> Super slow. All right. See you next time. No